The following is an encore presentation of Exploring Missions. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions. Connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You know, barriers many times need to be torn down. Some barriers that we put in our lives, limits to keep us uh, where God wants us to be, need to be kept up. So it takes the ministry of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to let us know. And today we want to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, kind of part two. We did this last week about the barriers that stand between the gospel and those that need to hear it, but the power of the gospel to overcome those barriers. And that's what we want to talk to you about. And I hope it encourages you to look to see if there's any barriers that God is needing to tear down in in your life and to say, okay, you can be my witness. This is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper, and it's our joy to come to you each weekend uh, with Exploring Missions. Nathan, I really enjoyed talking about the barriers that were overcome in the Gospel of Acts, and uh, we talked about the language, fear, finance, and, and we ended on the barrier of geography. And you see that all through the book of Acts, but starting in chapter 13, after Barnabas and and Paul goes out, man, that barrier just comes falling down again and again and again, doesn't it? Yeah, really, you see from, uh, really actually from Jerusalem, uh, but uh, as as Luke records the story as he follows Paul, um, you know, the the gospel is kind of launched uh, with Paul's ministry here in, in the church of Antioch. Uh, so here in Acts 13, and, uh, you know, we skipped a little bit uh, from last week um, between Acts 4 and Acts 13, um, and it would be worth just uh, mentioning those, I think, just briefly, um, you know, um, between Acts 4 and Acts 13, you see uh, barriers such as persecution, and you see uh, prejudice, uh, and, and, you know, prejudice uh, works kind of on both ends, both from the uh, hearers, hearing someone maybe new coming into their town, sharing the gospel. But it's also for those that are sharing the gospel. You know, the followers of Jesus still have to deal with uh, prejudice and, and pride. And, you know, a lot of times it's ethnic um, prejudice in, in our own lives that we have to, uh, you know, the gospel deals with us as well. Um, when you talk about persecution, a lot of that is fear of what will happen. Uh, and yeah. fear is... Fear is one of Satan's tools that he really pours, uh, I think, uh, on Christians. And uh, the reality of persecution is real. But guess what? When you see the book of Acts, you see those men and women that uh, laid their lives on the line. And we've talked about the missionaries that that has gone before, those that are going now. Uh, you know, just saying, yes, the gospel deserves to be shared even if it causes our our death because 
after death for the believer, it's heaven. So, uh, you know, Satan wants us to love this present world, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, we got to remember, you know, Paul's words, to live as Christ, to die as gain. And, uh, you know, that is true for all of us. Um, I think for those uh, that are sent out um, maybe to new places and, and difficult and dangerous places uh, to share the gospel, to make disciples, it becomes just more um, more real to that person and more in, in, in your face. You know, you're more aware of it. Uh, but honestly, we're all, um, you know, we're all under that same call. We are. And then you already talked a good bit about prejudice, but I, I honestly believe in just about every location. I, I've only lived in the South, and I, I know that you've uh, lived mostly in the South, but more places than I have. But uh, just about every area has prejudice that they must overcome. Uh, visit in different places uh, in the West, even in the North. Uh, I find out that that prejudice can be a real issue to overcome those, as you said, those receiving and then those that are sharing. Uh, but we sure do need to get rid of our, get rid of it in our own lives, don't we? Yeah, it, it really, I mean, is there's no distinction. You know, Paul writes, um, I'm looking actually here in Romans, Romans chapter 10. You know, there's no distinction between Jew and Greek since the same Lord of all is rich to all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then he goes on in verse uh, 14. How can they call on him? They have not believed in. How can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? And that's kind of what we're talking about. The book of Acts is um, preachers of the gospel uh, sent, sent out by, uh, by believers, by, by the church. And, and back in Acts 13, it's the church of Antioch sending out Paul and Barnabas. And uh, that's really, you know, uh, this whole discussion today is, is, is that the barrier of um, not hearing the gospel, not having access to the gospel and how the gospel um, comes to those people across many different barriers to, to, uh, to get to them. So, you know, so they'll believe. Well, Nathan, you know, uh, here in America, here we are on the radio uh, being shared with so many, so many apps. They can get it through the Internet. But there's still locations on the earth, even in America, there's areas where people are located and they've, I, I, I've, I've say they've, they've settled in and those barriers need to be broken down. There's still people that need to hear the gospel that's never heard it before. We call them unreached people groups. And uh, there, I know there, is it the, uh, over in Asia, that part of the world, I know the numbers are greater, but th there's still uh, pockets of it all around the world, aren't they? There are. And, you know, here in the U.S., actually, the United States is the, um, the third largest country if you're counting numbers of uh, unreached people groups. And so, um, you know, right behind India and China, there's the United States. And, you know, they might be smaller total population, but there's large representation. Um, and so, you know, we can go literally across the street and find people that have never heard the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, the fact that they have not yet, and even they might be living in the United States for a long time, maybe their whole lives. And the fact that they have not heard the gospel 
shows that there are these barriers that are real. You know, that these barriers do exist. And they, a lot of times, they're the same barriers that Paul and Barnabas and the apostles here in Acts were dealing with. Well, in Acts 13, I'm, I'm just amazed. I, I was ready and I was studying. I was going through the book of Acts. So uh, I'm just sharing there may be a part three to this. We don't know it's according to how far we get because there's so many barriers that have to be overcome. But when I came to Acts 13 and just started reading and, and just looking at it, I, I know why it caught my attention is because this is where Paul and Barnabas, and again, when you list them in chapter 13 of Acts, it's Barnabas and Paul that is being sent out, Saul, really. And uh, But as they get into it, you'll find in this one chapter, it changes from Barnabas being listed first to Paul being listed first, and we may get to the reason why. But the geographical, now I just want to say a word, and we may come back to that. Paul's missionary journeys, when he started, especially on this first one, he had to develop a, a way of doing missions. He had to develop that program or the plan that he had to go in. And in Acts chapter uh, 13, you see a little bit of that, but he overcomes the geography because he has to leave Antioch. Now, he had already left Tarsus. Barnabas had already left Jerusalem and came to Antioch, and they were kind of adopted there, and, and they were heroes, and, uh, man, they had it made on staff there, didn't they, didn't they Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was, uh, we see it as the beginning of their of their ministry, um, but, you know, they didn't know that when they started. They, you know, who knows, they could have stayed there their whole lives, but um, that's not what God God had planned for them. Well, I brought that out because someone may be listening today that's in a comfortable place, and uh, there may be a little bit of difficulty there. God may be using that to get you to the place where, okay, Lord, not only what do you want me to do, but where do you want me to go? And part of exploring missions is saying to anyone, uh, Lord, what's your will for my life? And uh, Hudson Taylor, again and again, we, we talk about him. He said, God is the one that supplies no matter where you are, and so don't be afraid to go where he wants you to go. Now, I'm paraphrasing his words, but that's basically it. So they move here, and the beginning of something like these missionary movements, and I know they've already left Jerusalem, but it was still in the same vicinity, you know, just up, quote, right. up the road a little bit. But now they're launching out. How important is it to begin right, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, it's your first steps are, are so crucial and critical. If you get them wrong, you're not, it's very, very difficult to get back on track and uh, you're not going to get there uh, in an easy way. So, you know, starting out with prayer, with fasting, and, and I will say maybe the key point is that they were sent out by a church. They had a sending church. Yes. Um, so no matter how far away they got, there was still a connection back home. Um, and it's so, so crucial for mission workers uh, to be sent out purposefully, intentionally by a healthy church that will send, send them, but also be there when they come back um, to in, in all, all along the way. And these days it's actually easier than what it used to be with, you know, with Paul and Barnabas having to uh, come back to Antioch. And so, um, but unfortunately, that's a hard thing to find is a good, healthy sending church. Yeah. If you want a church to model, uh, Antioch, 
I'd recommend them highly. The other one that I'd recommend in the New Testament is Philippi. Paul talked about them. You know, nobody, he said, has continued to support us in the ministry like Philippi, not just once, but once and again. And the Antioch church seemed to have that same same thought. And, what, man, that is so important. And I just want to encourage pastors, deacons, elders, stewards, uh, leaders in your church— uh, be missional-minded. Don't wait until you get old and say, oh, yeah, man, I missed it. No, God's purpose is still the Great Commission, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That hasn't changed. Well, so the geographical, we're again, we may continue that, but they leave out, and they in chapter 13, verse 5, it says, and when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. Now, this lets you know what Paul and, and Barnabas are doing. This is their plan. They go to a new place. They find a synagogue. And what do they do? They preach the gospel to them. They preach the word of God. And they also had John as their assistant. Does that say something about Jesus sent them out two by two? And here Paul doesn't go by himself. Barnabas doesn't go by himself. They even add someone that hopefully they're training and they're kind of assisting. And so that's the Paul's plan, uh, I don't know how long it took them to think about it, but they decided somewhere, you know, the first place we need to go when we get there is a synagogue. Uh, You kind of have to have a plan. Where am I going to go and share it? Maybe with an individual. It may be at a a synagogue or a church or a Bible study. But you have to have a launching pad there, don't you? Yeah, that's right. You know, you need to have, um, and and we're saying a plan and we're saying a process, but, um, you know, the whole thing is led and directed by the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, whether you find success in your plan or not, um, you want to be obedient to what God is telling you and you want to, you know, you want to make the attempt. Um, and then you can evaluate that, you know, later, uh, whether it was successful or not. Uh, but faithfulness is the first is the first step, and uh, fruitfulness will come later. Um, and but we see here uh, their very first stop. There was there was some fruit even even here. Yeah, but the barrier they had to come up with is false teaching. Now, what you had here, just let me read this, and it says, "Now, when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, and he was a Jew." Uh, by the name Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paltus, an intelligent man. The man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. The man that wanted to hear, there's going to be a barrier between what Paul and Barnabas wants to share with him and what he wants to hear, and it's a man, a false teacher, a false prophet. False teaching has to be overcome, doesn't it? It does. It's always going to be there. Um, it, it can come from different sources um, and it might be um, something that's not recognized uh, as early as, as, as is recognized here. Um, but once it is recognized, it has to be dealt with and you have to, uh, you can't ignore it. And, and so the sorcerer, he's withstood them seeking to turn the pro-council away from the faith. Again, there it is. They don't want it. Satan doesn't give up easy. All false teaching has its root uh, with Satan. He's a liar, 
And uh, so they they want to throw it off, and they try. But it says that, that the man called for Barnabas and Saul, and he tried to get them there. Verse 9, then Saul, who was also called Paul, that's the first time we know that, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, and he says this to the sorcerer, O full of deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then, this verse 12, then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now, this last phrase, I want to make sure, astonished at the teaching of the Lord. The mm-hmm. miracle did uh, break down the barriers, but it was the Word of God that was um, amazing and astonishing and brought the man to faith, Nathan. Yeah, that's what false teaching does. False teaching uh, does what Paul said it was doing, deceiving, uh, fraud, fraud, being fraudulent, um, ultimately an enemy of, of righteousness. Um, and, in, you know, the guy's name um, mentioned, one of his names was Bar-Jesus, son of Jesus, and Paul calls him your son of the devil. You know, I uh, thought it was pretty interesting. Um, and so, you know, false teaching will... Um, will uh, divert the attention of those who are hearing the gospel. It will distract them from, from hearing a, a clear message of the gospel. Uh, it will confuse them. Um, it will confuse that message in the hearer's ears and their minds. Um, and so, yeah, what was, what you call this was a power encounter. That's what, that's yeah. what you might call this. That's right. And, um, and it was God's power um, defeating the power of, of the enemy of Satan. Um, who is who is the deceiver? So um, once that was dealt with, um, then the man uh, could hear, you know, the proconsul could hear a clear message of the gospel without distraction, without diversion, uh, without confusion. And that's you know he heard that message and then he believed. Now this is one man. I think it shows you God's interest in the one, uh, the Ethiopian uh, eunuch. You know, God brought someone to share with him, one man. Matter of fact, it sounds like Philip left a whole bunch to go check the one, like leaving the 99 and going after the one, Nathan. And here it's just yes. one man. And, and in, you know, you've taught me this, that this is that one person. A lot of times what God wants you to do is reach that one person, and thereby it's, it's kind of like, uh, throwing a pebble into a pond, it expands. You have concentric circles reaching out, and that person reaches individuals. Uh, I think that might have been what was happening here. Do you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, when when someone believes the gospel, um, you know, they have they have the gospel, they have the good news to share, but they also have the Holy Spirit indwelling them uh, to give them that power and authority. Um, so they're not, um, you know thought is not to leave they're, they're not to leave that uh, with themselves they're to share it and spread it and the gospel would uh, multiply here in, in this place um, we don't get to stay around for long uh, as we follow Paul because he moves along um, but 
but you know, anytime the, the gospel is shared, it stays there and it takes root uh, and, it, and it multiplies even in that location. So barrier of false teaching, here's an example of it being overcome and it would be overcome again, but it doesn't give up easy. Satan doesn't. He, he wants to hold on to what he has and he wants to harm that which comes across. But staying in chapter 13, just one verse, and I, I noticed it, but I thought I still think it's important. You remember what it said. It says, John Mark was with them as they were they were going their way as their assistant. Chapter uh, 5, uh, verse 5. Verse 13, now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia. And then here's this little line. John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Now, we don't know all the things that happened here, but later on when Paul is going to take his second missionary journey with Barnabas and Barnabas wanted to take John back with him, Paul said, no, we're not going to take him. I don't want to get into that now. But there had to be some, quote, disappointment, at least on Paul's part, and I think Barnabas's part was. Disappointment in individuals can really be a barrier. And and I, I thought I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this, Nathan. Uh, you know, yeah. that that disappointment, and this is early on. This is on the first missionary journey. This seems like the second or really the third leg, as you would call it, of the missionary journey. And, and here's somebody turning and headed home, aren't they? Yeah, it's... Uh... It is disappointing. Um, you know, that's disappointment, discouragement um, comes a lot of times from, um, you know, and whether they mean it to come from them or not, it, it, but it originates a lot of times in, in people that you're close to. Um, here it was a, a, a teammate on, the, on this gospel team. Um, and, you know, even today, missionaries, the, the number one reason why missionaries leave the field and come home early it's because of um, not being able to get along with teammates. Um, so, you know, it's a real issue, you know, just interpersonal relationships and, and human relationships. Um, they're not going to be 100% clicking all the time, you know. And so for whatever reason, John left, um, it caused a little bit of friction and some, and some issues between Paul and Barnabas even, even later. And so, um, it's it's just a fact of life, really. It's a it's a real barrier that has to be uh, dealt with and overcome. Um, and you know, it's interesting that Luke didn't necessarily, you know, personally himself have to put this in there. Now we know, directed by the Holy Spirit, he he was he did. Um, and so I think it's important to note this. I do as well. And but we need to sell the rest of the story. Uh, he does go with Barnabas, and he must make some kind of recovery because in Second Timothy, uh, Paul writes to Timothy and says, bring John Mark with you. He would be valuable to me. And so praise the Lord for Barnabas giving uh, John Mark a second chance, and, and praise the Lord the disappointment did not last, you know? And so disappointments right. can be overcome. We don't have a lot of time, but I did want to get into the latter part of chapter 13. Most of the last part of chapter 13 is 
preaching is Paul's first recorded sermon. And, man, he starts from the beginning to the end. And I I think that's Mm -hmm. so important. A lot of times with the gospel, uh, if you just start with the gospel, they don't understand it. But Paul dealt with man's fall. He dealt with God's calling. He he dealt with God uh, laying it on David and Solomon all the way through it. But at the end, after he got through preaching, and uh, the the Jews first were listening to him, and they said, man, we want to hear more of this. Can you come back next Sabbath? And Paul said, yes. And when he comes back, and they find out the Gentiles are out. I'm just, I think this is true, but the Gentiles outnumbering the Jews who were wanting to hear this caused a little bit of friction, didn't it not? <laughs> Yeah, there you again see some ethnic uh, prejudice uh, rearing its head. I mean, it does throughout the book of Acts. Um, And so this won't be the last time they have to deal with that. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, you know, jealousy, um, which I mean, you know, the Bible, uh, even in in the Old Testament, it makes there's prophecies made about, you know, hey, the because of the Gentiles, uh, you know, following after God. Uh, that will cause the the Jewish people to be uh, jealous, um, and ultimately, we believe that's a good thing to to bring them to the gospel as well. Exactly. I want to read that verse. It's in forty four and forty five or thirteen. And the next Sabbath, I tried to preach the first Sabbath. Almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. And when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. And contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Here it is again, opposing. Uh, opposition should be expected as a barrier, shouldn't it, Nathan, no matter what the issue is? Yeah, op- I mean, opposition, uh, you're going to meet it at every turn. Um, and so, the, you know, the lesson here is not to turn away from opposition, but uh, to, you know, to deal with it, expect it first. You know, we shouldn't be surprised, although— how many times, just speaking personally for myself, am I surprised when, you know, people don't like me or they don't like what I say or, you know, they, they have some criticism or there's op- opposition in some way? I don't know why I'm so surprised by that. But, um, you know, because Jesus didn't hide that. He said, you're going to be opposed. Um, and we see it here again. There's opposition. Now, look at verse 46, and I want to bring this. Uh, and it's just, when they left, it was Barnabas and Saul. And now look in verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold. From then on, it's Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas. Mm-hmm. Uh, God raises up leadership. Barnabas was the one that went and got Paul and brought him back. He's the one that had trained a good bit of the time. But now Paul had reached that point. And, and I think I don't think anything had to do with Barnabas being jealous. That was fine. He saw those ingredients, those leadership qualities in in Paul, and he was fine uh, letting Paul have that leadership position. He handed it off to him. I just don't be afraid if you're a leader and you see someone coming up and they have the gifts. Don't let the barrier of jealousy keep you from letting God use that person with all their gifts and all their strengths. So God's overcoming barriers. He still wants to overcome some today, doesn't he? Yeah, I totally believe it. And, you know, the gospel, 
is the power of God, you know, for salvation. And, and to do that, it overcomes barriers, not just for the hearers, but also in our own lives as well as we share the gospel with those around us. Verse 48, and when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as been appointed to eternal life, believed. Success is when one yeah. comes, but many, what a blessing. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. May God bless you, and you look out for those barriers that need to be knocked down so you can share the gospel.